This is Max Outsler, the author of the book Hacking Sales. Welcome to the Marketing Book Podcast. Welcome to the Marketing Book Podcast, helping you keep up with the smartest thinking in the quickly changing field of modern marketing. And now, here's your host, Douglas Burdett. Hello, thanks for joining me on the Marketing Book Podcast. My goal in this podcast is to help you discover new ideas about what's working in modern marketing. Don't worry about taking notes. You can find links to everything discussed in the show notes at marketingbookpodcast.com. Today, I'm joined by Max Altshuler, and we're going to talk about his new book, Hacking Sales, the playbook for building a high-velocity sales machine. Max Altshuler has been an entrepreneur his whole life and learned sales at an early age from his dad, a certified financial planner. His entrepreneurial journey led him to San Francisco to work for an online education company called Udemy, in which he was the first sales hire and built the process that launched the instructor side of the platform. Udemy raised a $32 million Series C round of funding with a valuation in the hundreds of millions. After Udemy, Max helped build the attorney fee marketplace as the VP of business development and left after their acquisition by LegalZoom. He started Sales Hacker Incorporated, which is his current day job, to help with other startups with fewer resources to sell their products and services to large corporations. Max, congratulations on hacking sales and welcome to the Marketing Book Podcast. Yeah, thanks, Douglas. Thanks for having me. Okay, so this, no surprise here, this is the Marketing Book Podcast. Lots of marketers are listening who want to keep up with with modern marketing and be more effective marketers. I think one of the most important things marketers can never learn enough about is sales. So if every other interview I did was with someone who wrote a sales book, I, I think I'd be doing my job. So mm-hmm. that's that's the background. I'd like yeah. you to explain, I don't know, do you agree with that? Or Yeah, I mean, I mean, the whole process really that we go into and that we've kind of popularized, I guess, is um, what it really is, what it really boils down to is turning outbound into inbound. And so, you know, marketers, I'm sure, have experience with, you know, running ads, online ads um, on Facebook or Google or whatever ad platform. And the, the process behind that is very similar to the process that we've created for outbound sales, where, you know, you're, you know, if you look at the steps for, you know, generating one of those ads, they make you um, build a target audience. They make you pick your messaging, your image and your call to action. And your goals for that, you know, for that ad, and then you put a, you know, the you put a, you know, price on it per click, um, and then you run those. And you know, a lot of the times, there's not a lot of transparency in that, and you know, there's there's only so much targeting you can actually do. You know, it's, uh, you know, if you run a Facebook ad and you're selling to salespeople, well, you know, your v, the VPs of sales aren't necessarily going to be sitting on Facebook for for one and two. You know, it lets you target by age range and. Uh, and location and a few other things, but there's a lot more you can do with kind of the the data that's available to salespeople now and to marketers that wasn't available to them before that allows you to get more granular in choosing that audience. We call it the ideal customer profile. And so really what we're doing is, um, you know, things that marketers have been doing for a long time, but we're doing it in a different way. We're doing it in a targeted outreach which is why it's on the sales side. So it's definitely a mix of, you know, we called it sales hacking because it was uh, a mix of, you know, things that marketers have been doing for a long time, things that salespeople have been doing for a long time. And it's really how do you generate more revenue using less resources 
um, leveraging the tools and the data that are available to you that weren't available to you, you know, even three, four years ago. Mm-hmm. Data is cheaper and more accessible than it ever has been. And people are finally starting to build for salespeople. VCs are finally starting to put money into products for salespeople, um, recognizing that, you know, I guess they keep the lights on at these, you know, companies that are IPOing <laughs> at a at a, an extremely fast pace. I think we've had more IPOs in 2014 than any year, tech IPOs than any year in, in previous history. And then yeah. 2015 set to outpace that. So somebody's got to be selling those products and you yeah, know, they and at the beginning be of the efficient. book, yeah, at the beginning of the book you talk about how mm-hmm. it's not the best product. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a, the best, a, a great sales team can uh, make or break some of these companies. Yeah. But let me back up and ask you, if you could Before. explain to the listener the first seven words of your book, which are, the world of sales is blowing up. Mm-hmm. What do you mean by that? And what, when you explain that to other people, what, what, what do you tell them? Yeah. So, that, you know, it's pretty much that. The, the sales profession was, you know, think about the word salesy. You know, it has a negative connotation. The mm-hmm. sales pr- profession, you know, bloated sales forces. It's always had this kind of like negative connotation to it or just more of like a junior, you know, um, kind of role. Um, you think of like a used car salesman. Or a boiler but, room. Yeah, exactly. But salespeople aren't like that these days. The world of sales is changing. It's going from a uh, shark type environment to a consultative, educational type environment. The data that's available to salespeople and buyers is is blowing up. You know, for example, buyers can find out anything they want about your company pretty much before they have a conversation with you. But likewise, I mean, you can do the same thing when you're, you know, searching, you know, about your buyer. Um, you have more data on potential companies and potential buyers at those companies than you've ever had before. You're able to target, you know, VCs are putting money into those companies that are building for salespeople. Engineers who used to build, you know, uh, what three four years ago when social was hot, people were building. You know, the top engineers were building apps for Facebook and Twitter and trying to build their own social networks. And I think now that's moved into a not only into SaaS because people are realizing that they need to generate revenue for their products. They can't just you know get a million users and sell for you know get an aqua hire from Facebook for you know fifty million dollars or a hundred million dollars. But they actually need to build real revenue products. And the best way to do that is to sell to people who are making those companies money. And so people are really starting to invest in sales. Even big companies are starting to invest in products for their sales teams. And so the world of sales, not even in, you know, only in tech, but everywhere, is really blowing up. It is, um, it's expanding faster than ever before. And it's ex- it's exciting time to be in sales and to you know, kind of see this you know, sales revolution happening because you know, we're using the same basic pillars of sales that we always have face to face phone and email but everything that's happening right now is being that's being built is made to enhance each one of those so we're somewhat in like an enhancement era of sales and it's been long overdue right and in the book you you make a joke about how this book uh might be helpful or and I may terrify people whose sales process is still in the prohibition era mm-hmm. <laughs> that pretty was much pretty funny yeah, but you're running into companies like that where they're still doing it the old Glen Gary, Glen Ross way. Yes, definitely. Um, and most of them aren't in tech. You know, most of them are in you know kind of older, you know, old school industries. And, you know, they're just run things. You know, kind of in the Stone Age. Uh, mm-hmm. They're not. They're you know there are some of them that don't have uh, you know a CRM. You know, it, it, it's kind of crazy to me that you wouldn't have a CRM. 
Uh, I think, you know, everybody uses LinkedIn, but that's, you know, the extent of some of the technology that these companies are using. And they're really doing themselves a disadvantage because if they invested just a little bit of, you know, time and money into, you know, training their reps the right way and, and leveraging some of these systems, they would be so much more efficient and would, you know, would make that time and money back in the long run actually very quickly. Yeah, even just a little bit. Uh, can have a a major impact. But I think there are companies that are so overwhelmed. And, you know, in the marketing world, we're seeing this in the sales world as well. And that's why your book was interesting to me, because you go through about 150 new sales tools, products, software, all those kinds of things. And that's just one, that's just one part of the book. In other words, you, 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 where you talk about how the old way of doing sales, you know, there's still fundamental pillars that aren't going to change but even as you the flow of your book just if i could share that with the uh, the listener they'll understand you know the the notion of it but what you do is similar but how you do it is becoming different so in other words you've got like you know building your ideal customer profile and then finding them and then you know contacting them uh, targeting people and segmenting lists properly and email campaigns and you know all the all the normal thing nurturing the leads and and how to deal with negotiations and objections and closing the deal so in other words you've you've got all that traditional framework but it's got a lot of uh, these tools that are out there and I you know at, at one point I felt like I was drinking from a fire hose because <laughs> yeah. there were so many things out there but it's, uh, it's it's interesting but it doesn't just stop there because you've you've even got other things that you're linking to for additional resources. So it's uh, very handy. Now, let me go back and ask you, you, you say this book is very much for the, the hunters and the not, who, who's this book not for? Yeah, I'd say, um, you know, it's, it's for people that are doing mostly outbound. So if you're, you know, one of those fortunate companies where, you know, you've got great content marketing and, you know, people are coming to you and want your product and don't need to get on the phone. They're just coming to you and clicking the buy button and signing up and, you know, or getting on your, you know, not even a free trial, but just, you know, buying your product out, outright. Then you probably don't, you know, you're probably not doing that much hunting. Um, I still think you should, even yeah. if you're 100% inbound right now. Mm-hmm. You know, if you have, you know, 20% of your salesperson's time or your time, you know, take that time, go out and define, you know, your, you know, top 50 Fortune 500 ideal, you know, customers that you want to buy or like the biggest customers that aren't buying that you want to buy and go out and hunt for them. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's very much for the hunters. It's very much for the person who's going out and hunting and, and doing a lot of outbound, you know, trying to reach out to companies that aren't reaching out to them and get them interested, get them to buy. And then, you know, again, it's not, you got to define your ideal customer profile. It's not spamming and sending you know, mass messages all willy nilly and like, you know, hopefully one, you know, spray and pray basically. And hopefully one lands. That doesn't it's not work. about that. Yeah. It doesn't work. You got to be targeted in, um, your list. You're actually pre-qualifying people by putting them on your list. Um, because you know, based on a bunch of variables that you've already predetermined that this person is going to be a, a buyer of yours, whether they, you know, for example, someone who buys a compete, a competitor's product or buys a complimentary product, they're probably going to be interested in your product, Mm -hmm. you know? So like building a list of those people, you know, that would be a, um, you know, one, one variable for your ideal building your ideal customer profile and building a list of those people. So when you do hit them 
with the right message at the right time and the right individual within that company, you should have a high success of getting to the next step yeah. of that process. With so much data available, the, the precision becomes so much more important now because otherwise you really can waste a lot of time. Yeah. Let me just mention something about the inbound, outbound, because at the, don't sell yourself short. At the end of the book, you talk about how a lot of these are the outbound tactics, but they still work beautifully for companies that mm-hmm. do have inbound, which you mentioned. But also, you know, HubSpot, uh, I noticed your book was uh, endorsed by Mark Roberts, their head of sales, mm-hmm. yep. and they are the king of of inbound marketing, or or one of the best. Mm-hmm. And they have lots of leads coming in, but you know they still have an outbound sales group. Yeah. So if HubSpot <laughs> is doing outbound sales, everybody should be doing some outbound sales, yeah. I would think, and not just sitting back. Like I think some marketers may be thinking, like, oh, we're just waiting for the leads to come in. You can get some action that way, but it's there's still a lot for salespeople to be yeah. doing. Yeah, I think the book definitely caters, you know, towards outbound, but there's a lot for people who are doing inbound. And I and I'm really, you know, just I have a you know strong opinion about making sure you do some outbound, even if you are fully inbound right now. I, I talk to founders all the time that are like, yeah, we're fully inbound. They give you you know a little smirk because you know they're proud of it, and they should be. That's a great thing, but you should never be fully inbound. You should always be, you know, have a, a portion of your time hunting, mm-hmm. uh, because there's no way that you're getting the biggest deals to come to you. Um, you know, there's always more that you know could be signing up or buying that are, you know, Fortune 500 or you know even your biggest customer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Let's talk about sales process because you've built them and you talk about them a lot. And I just want to mention something or quote something from. The book. You say a sales process is a repeatable and scalable system in which you engage potential buyers and facilitate them through the stages of your pipeline. And then you go on to say having a process, even if it's weak, is extremely important. Mm-hmm. Why is that? Because if you can't measure something, then you can't make it better. And so if you have a process, you can measure things along the way. And then you can tweak them to make it better. So if you're just, you know, doing things kind of with reckless abandon and and have no real definition, no real process. Whenever you have time. Yeah, exactly. Then then you know if something if something's missing, you won't know it, and it's not your best. You know, it's not your your best campaign. So if you're reaching out to people and it's kind of one off stuff, and you're not tracking things and you're not measuring you know, the process and the progress, how are you going to know if you're, if you're using the wrong message or if your list is a dud? You know, there's so many different variables that you need to be tracking along the way so that you can be optimizing, continually optimizing your sales process. And so, uh, you know, if, even if you have a weak process but there's some process there, at least you know, okay, well, from this part in the process to this part in the process is where I'm having the most problems. I need to figure out what the problem is in that area. So I can shore that up and then, you know, the whole process will work better. You know, the, the more defined you are, the, the better you'll know exactly what area of the process is failing you and you can, you know, build a better process for that area of it. But yeah, we, you know, the mantra is kind of like build, test, uh, measure, optimize. Yeah, that which can be measured can be improved. Mm-hmm. I think people just are uncomfortable measuring themselves. Yep. But uh, it works. Social selling is a big topic these days. And mm-hmm. I was wondering if you could talk about that a bit. And uh, just to kick it off, you advise in your book 
you know, engage with prospects on LinkedIn and Twitter, but not on Facebook and Instagram. What's what's going on there? Yeah, so there's a you know there's a separation. Facebook and Twitter, are, you know, um, I would say are public or big business focused. So Twitter's public, you know, LinkedIn's business focused, but Facebook's private, and, and you know, Instagram's you know those are for your family and friends. Uh, there's a there's a there's a line uh, between uh, creepy and stalker, uh, you know, yeah, exactly. And staying in touch, you know, and like LinkedIn and Twitter. Okay. You're staying in touch. You're staying relevant. You're actually like, you know, trying to build a rapport. I get it. But then you get on Facebook and you get on Instagram you start liking their photos of them and their kids and stuff like that. And it's like, you know, okay, you're getting (laughs) a little creepy. I've never met you in my life. And I know you want to sell me software, but you know, now, you know, it's going a little overboard. So yeah, there's a lot. I mean, it's, it's about social awareness at Mm -hmm. the end of the day. So, you know, I, I stay away from getting involved on Facebook and, you know, Instagram and stuff like that. And I think you can do enough on LinkedIn and Twitter to really, you know, start that fire and start building a rapport. And what are between, some of those things that, that yeah. can you talk about some of the things that you could be doing on Twitter and, and LinkedIn? I, I think there's a lot of folks that aren't even on, on those yeah. platforms. Yeah. I mean, we'll see. You got to be on LinkedIn. Um, everybody's on LinkedIn and, you know, it's just really great place to share, but also get content that other people are sharing that you can reference when reaching out. Twitter is another area that you can reference, not maybe content, sometimes content, but also just, you know, what the person's interested in. So for example, you know, if you have a a prospect who's based in Boston and they're tweeting about the, you know, the, the Patriots winning the Super Bowl or something like that. Or Deflategate. Or Deflategate, exactly. You can reference that in, you know, an email to them. It's like, oh yeah, you know, Congratulations on winning the Super Bowl. This whole deflate gate thing is, you know, is a load of BS. You know, but if they're in Indianapolis, you say, "Hey, you guys were robbed." Exactly. I mean, you know, <laughs> whatever you got to say to build that rapport. You know, when you're talking to that person, you can leverage social to give you relevant information so that they know that you're paying attention. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, if they post a really good article on LinkedIn on their feed, you can reference that. Maybe they'll post. You know that they just raised, uh, you know, a round of funding, and you can reference that. Hey, congratulations on the new round of funding. You know, Twitter is also really good for understanding the person's tone and understanding how you're supposed, you know, how you should get in touch with that person. So there are there are VPs of sales that I know that are very like casual in how they interact in general, and you know, you can tell from somebody's Twitter profile like how should I approach this person? Because realistically, like you want people people buy from people, so you want to get the person's guard down as fast as possible and then start building a rapport so you can sell into them and it's they're you know they're going to buy from you you know you as an individual so if you're on twitter and you find somebody who's really casual and they're you know they're uh you know shouting out to people and just acting in a you know kind of broy casual manner responsive yeah yeah you can understand that tone of that person and when you reach out you can mirror that tone so twitter's really good for you know and that's kind of a not a way that a lot of people, I think, use it, but that's a way that they should use it, understanding mm-hmm. someone's tone and how they like to act. And, you know, if you can, you know, sometimes if you can mirror how they act with their friends um, and approach that way, you know, you can kind of get, you know, in this case, it's good to kind of get in the friend zone instead of being, you know, in the, the business zone where they're kind of weary of you and you're just somebody else trying to sell them. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk, uh, before we wrap up, just a little bit about content. How are salespeople using content now in their sales process? Are they using it more? Are they understanding what to do? What role is it playing? 
I don't know if they're everyone's understanding it, but the best ones are. They should be using content in their sales process. So what are the best ones doing? So there's a product from SalesLoft that just came out that's a browser extension and allows you to pull up relevant content, whether it's your marketing content or content that the you know the um, that you know that like sales enablement has pulled together. And you know if there's a you know if there's an article out there um, from the Harvard Harvard Business Review or something like that talking about you know why sales is getting more technological you know you can send that to your prospect and say hey you know I thought you'd you know find this interest you know find this article really interesting and keep staying on their radar by sending them relevant content but be and, helpful <laughs> yeah be helpful be helpful exactly it doesn't have to do the content doesn't have to do with the actual sell it just has to be helpful and if you continue being helpful you know it's it's really not that much extra and you can do it at scale you know, I talk about in my book, you know, it, you want to build a rapport with people, but you want to do it in a scalable way. And so how you do this is you basically build, you know, your lists and then you segment those lists based on a common denominator. And then when you send out that email, you can add that, that personalization that, that is uh, geared towards the entire common denominator. So for example, if I build a list of a thousand, thousand people, you know, and those people are at companies that are, you know, 50 of them, are based in Boston, then it can use that whole Patriots thing as my introduction to that email. And when I send that, you know, it's, hey, first name, personalized sentence, and then the rest of the email. And so now I can send that email at scale while personalizing it for all 50 people. So finding that common denominator, denominator across the board. So again, when you find content, you can do it the same way. Here, this content's going to be relevant to anybody on my list that does X. And then you take all those people that are on your list that do X and you send them that link. And so you just sent it to 75 people and they all think it's personalized because it's targeted because it's meant for them and you've haven't spent, you know, your time doing it one off. I think, um, you know, when you have a territory and you work at a company like Salesforce, you can start doing things one off. But when you're a young company and you need to, you know, again, generate more revenue with less resources and be efficient, uh, you got to leverage things like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, Max, if readers took only one thing away from the book, what would you hope it would be? Yeah, just understanding that um, the the sales game is changing and that the um, more efficient teams are going to be the teams that win. And, and to be more efficient, you have to leverage technology and data that's available available to you these days. And it's um, it's not hard to do. It's uh, There's a lot of education out there on saleshacker.com. That we've been putting out, um, and there's in our LinkedIn uh, sales hacker LinkedIn community um, that people have been sharing uh, kind of their problems and, and and challenges and solutions. But you know, there's the world of sales is changing, and you know it's not that hard to keep up, but just recognize that you should. There's you know there's a whole world of of data and tools available to you, and taking some time to understand how to leverage that is going to do wonders for your business. Even just a little bit of time every day, mm-hmm. just like you talk about. Even if you just prospect 30 minutes a day, it'll, it'll have a big impact. Before we wrap up, let me ask you a couple of questions. Are there any recent marketing or sales books uh, you've read that you recommend? Yeah, so Sales Acceleration Formula from Mark Roberge yeah. is a great one. Mm-hmm. And then um, Predictable Revenue from Aaron Ross. He's got one coming out with Jason Lemkin. Uh, I think it's around February, his mm-hmm. second one. What else? End yeah. of your book, you actually have another list of recommended mm-hmm. books. This is a yeah. uh, list, and what would you say, uh, 
it's it's tool rich. <laughs> it's yeah. got, just like the one you mentioned from uh, Sales Loft. It's just full of that stuff. And I kind of had to read this sitting in front of the computer because there were just too many things that I had to stop and, and check out. Uh, yeah. A little bit of forehead slapping, thinking, whoa, how did I not know about that? Are there any uh, marketing or sales books, business books that you're looking forward to getting into? Uh, looking forward to getting into. I mean, I, I have a list of books that I'm looking forward to getting into, but you know, these days it is just pressed for time. I think oh, I find, yeah. I think I find that um, most of my learnings come from actually having conversations with people in the industry that are that are currently doing things mm-hmm. that have you know, have been done differently or haven't been done in the past. I mean, the sales development role in general is is an old title, but a very new role. So having conversations with those types of people is where I get most of my learning. But, you know, one of my favorite books was 48 Laws of Power. Another one is uh, Greatest Salesman in the World by Og Mandino. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, you know I, I never read uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, but um, I heard good things about that as far yeah. as, you know, uh, you know, basic finances and stuff goes and things that, you know, it's funny, they don't teach you that in college, but they teach you, you know, how many cells are in a leaf or, you know, what, uh, <laughs> what sedimentary rock is, but you know, uh, well, let's just go even further <laughs> exactly. in your book. You say they're not even teaching this stuff at, at business yeah. schools or an MBA. Exactly. School. There's no sales courses. I mean, there's very few sales courses at any college in the United States, probably four universities offer one course or something like that. Mm-hmm. And sales is in everything you do. I mean, even every time you make a decision, you're selling yourself on to do one thing or the other. You know, when you talk to someone else, you know, there's a conversation that's happening and likely you're selling them or you're selling yourself on whether to believe them, uh, you know, so there's, it's always occurring yet, you know, nobody goes into it. And so, you know, we try and take, we, we go into the psychology, we go into the technology, we go into the human capital side of things we go into the even you know financial side of things and try and take a pretty overarching look at you know areas you can be more efficient in the process and hopefully people get a lot out of it yeah hey max you've been working hard on behalf of the military veterans with your mm-hmm. sales hacker veterans boot camp and as a a military veteran i just wanted to say how much i appreciate that and how much that means to to veterans can you say a little bit more say a little bit about that program yeah, so um, we did our first one in San Francisco in April. Uh, on April was it seventeenth or eighteenth uh, and nineteenth? And um, you know the the plan is to deliver our two day sales training course to veterans in cities all across the U.S. and place them in tech companies. And I think the realization was that there's a huge shortage in sales development reps that are that are trained that can kind of hit the ground running when they come into companies. You know, so the supply and demand problems there, and then there's a you know a huge amount of you know I think it's like 265,000 veterans coming home um, each year that are looking for for careers, and those two things you know first of all the supply and develop the the supply and demand kind of are equaling there, so there's you know shortage of SDRs and supply of these vets, but when you look at a you know the core you know personality traits and, and characteristics of a veteran. They very much equate to you know what you would look for in a salesperson. So disciplined, hardworking, team oriented, but leaders you know follows orders, follows directions, and the list goes on. You know, competitive. The the list really does go on. You know, they're not going to get thrown off if they get told no on the phone for you know eight hours straight. They're going to come in the next day and be ready to rock. And so, if we can give someone like that the you know appropriate training, 
and introduce them to hiring managers at tech companies, which need them. Um, it's really a win, 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 you know, all around. And so we want to run those uh, in as many cities as we can get to um, as fast as we can. And there's the saleshacker.com slash, you know, war veterans page that you can go and sign up for a location. And how we're going to do it is basically if we get, uh, I think it's 20 people to sign up for a location, we'll open up a training there. And so right now we're just trying to fill the database with veterans so we know where to go with the training. Well, that's great. And uh, it's good for business. It's good for the veterans. And also, you know, having been in the military, I can tell you that one of the perceptions that is not understood or one of the truths that is not understood is that guys who are in the military are some of the most creative problem solvers you'll ever meet. Mm -hmm. You think that all they're doing is follow instructions, but not at all. They, they were some of the smartest, most creative people I ever met. They may not have gone to you know the, the great universities or whatever, but they were very smart and uh, very resourceful. Yeah. So uh, I guess you've you've discovered all that too. So how can listeners find out more about you, your book, uh, and your conference? Yeah. So saleshacker.com is where all of our conferences, our blog, all of our our content goes, um, and then our our sales hacker LinkedIn community. Uh, is fantastic. Fantastic resource. We have some of the best in the business that are currently doing things at their companies, high growth companies, kind of chiming in. Um, again, solving you know problems and you know challenges, and then and, and anybody can join that. Anyone could join. Yeah, it's open to everyone. Open discussion. I still moderate everything that's posted, mm -hmm. um, so it's all educational and informative. Um, there's like a promotions tab, but it's completely separate of the discussions. Mm -hmm. So there's nothing. You know, there's no spam, no promotion. Uh, in there, you can just get you know straight education, ask questions, and get answers from people who are you know super willing to help and uh, really understand the game. And and then we have hacking sales books available on Amazon. If you like it, please leave a review. Love to hear from people who've read it and and that have you know that it's helped them. And then yeah, we have our conference. Our next big conference is in San Francisco on November fifth, and we'll be launching that um, within the next two weeks. Great. And then we also run uh, we also run another conference called Saster, the Saster Annual, and that's a uh, conference. Um, it's about 5,000 SaaS, uh, so software as a service, founders and you know VCs and Fortune 500 companies, and, and that's February 9th to the 11th of next year. So check that out if you're in, uh, interested in you know, the, the software, software business or software industry uh, as a whole. We'll make sure to include links to all of that in the show notes at marketingbookpodcast.com. The name of the book is Hacking Sales, the Playbook for Building a High-Velocity Sales Machine. The author is Max Altshuler. Max, thank you very much for being on the Marketing Book Podcast. Definitely. Thanks for having me. And that closes the book on another episode of the Marketing Book Podcast. Links to everything mentioned are in the show notes at marketingbookpodcast.com. And while you're there, you can subscribe to the podcast newsletter to get notified of every new episode, its show notes, links, and other useful things. Also, at marketingbookpodcast.com, there are about 20 free marketing ebooks on a wide variety of topics that you might find helpful. If you're one of the people who have left an iTunes or Stitcher review, I really appreciate it. And it has more impact than you might realize. A one-sentence review shoots the podcast way up in the listings. Finally, I'd love to hear from you. To send a message, just go to marketingbookpodcast.com and click on the Contact Podcast button. 
Got an idea or suggestion? Maybe I'm doing something wrong? Let me know. Thanks again for listening to the Marketing Book Podcast. Till next time. <laughs>